Lake Effect brings you conversations about what's happening in Milwaukee and the people, places, and organizations that shape the community. This is Lake Effect Spotlight from WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR. With Thanksgiving just a few days away, a familiar dread has reemerged for many people. Concern over what will be said at the dinner table. Much of that dread has to do with politics. It's a story that's become all too familiar for former U.S. representative turned podcast host Scott Klug. His podcast, Lost in the Middle, explores the people he calls political orphans, people who don't identify with either of the major political parties in the U.S. He joins me now to talk about it. Scott, thank you so much for being here on Lake Effect. My pleasure. So it's hard to have this conversation uh, without really acknowledging your part in this equation, right? Uh, You were, of course, a Republican representative in the U.S. House uh, and were a lobbyist for decades. And from what I can tell, you're still a lobbyist, or at least you still had a firm of lobbyists. Is that right? Yeah. So I work for Foley & Larder, which is a large international law firm whose historic roots are in Milwaukee. We like to say established in 1844, four years before Wisconsin was the state. And reflecting their heritage, actually the two founding members ran against against each other for Congress in 1848 when Wisconsin started to have representatives in Washington, then came back and developed a very successful business. So I've been part of Foley's federal lobbying practice for the last 20-some years. Why did you feel like this was a a podcast, a a story, really, for which you were the right narrator? Well, because I span a lot of different careers. I can't hold a job. So I worked in television for about 14 years. Then I was in Congress for eight. And then I ran a publishing company for a while. And then um, I've been affiliated with Foley ever since. It's really in some ways a story that found me because when I represented Madison in Congress, I'd come out of television in Wisconsin. And I still have name and face ID for people of a certain age group. They get older every year, so the numbers are fewer and fewer. But during the original Kevin McCarthy story, I got stopped within two or three days of people in a coffee shop at the cereal line of a grocery store standing in line at a movie theater, Republicans and Democrats basically going, this is not what we signed up for. I meant the Democrats are trying to take gas stoves out of the kitchen and the Republicans are running around the country banning middle school books. So I decided with some friends to take a look at the lost political middle in America because it's really where my politics are. Brookings, which is a slightly left-to-center think tank in Washington, did a survey about 18 months ago with 2,000 people and asked them, do you want a Democratic Party to the left of where the Democrats are today, a Republican Party to the right of where the Republicans are, sort of leave things alone or really split the middle? And 44% in that survey said split the middle. So in my opinion, that's 71 equally bewildered voters just like I am trying to figure out why 20 years ago would have seemed so bizarre in politics is now the normal today. And I think those nobody's listening to those people. And I think the future of the country really lies with those folks who are exhausted by the current zeitgeist. The public discourse, in my opinion, has really stretched to the extremes. We've lost a lot of local papers and, and a lot of local media. So what really dominates now is just national opinion. So everything is now filtered through a Washington lens. And I think most people are just exhausted and frustrated and angry with it. What do you hear as being that frustration? Well, I think you can. You, it will be a time to figure out how the country's changed in about 10 days when Thanksgiving happens. 
You know, we've talked to people all across the country who literally haven't had Thanksgivings for the last several years because of politics. One of our episodes on Lost in the Middle, the podcast, www.lostmiddle.com, is about a woman named Tammy Pfeiffer who lives in Logan, Utah. She's got five kids in birth order. They're a Republican and independent, a Democrat, a Democratic Socialist, and a Libertarian. And she says, I did my job right because they all found their own spaces. And the kids grew up putting yard signs on when she ran for the city council. She was the secretary of education for Utah State's government for a while, um, a special ed teacher. She and her husband sang in the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. In fact, the name of the episode is America Needs a Big Time Out, and we found the mom to do it. So at their Thanksgiving two years ago, one of their, her daughters is a teacher, and you can figure out how that launched and the fights over masks and, and lockouts and everything else in the world. And so Tammy got so frustrated with it, she worked with a national group called Unite. And there's a lot of groups like this around the country trying to sort of break through this partisan divide and harsh rhetoric. And they decided to figure out if they could come up with a scorecard for political civility. And she worked with folks at Utah State, social scientists, worked with students to help score speech, and came out with a rather elaborate political civility index, all excited, all this work posted on Facebook, and 36 hours later it came down because the Republicans said it was a Democratic plot and the Democrats said it was a Republican plot. So in the country, you hear this great sense of anxiety that it's ripped families apart, literally. We talked to a woman in Rockford who's a farmer and she hasn't talked to her sister for 18 months because of politics. That's not the way it's supposed to be. I mean, people for years believed you could have the same sort of good ribbing you have over politics like you have over sports, and it's not that anymore. And it's just cast a pall over the entire country. But the good news, I should tell you, Joy, is there are lots of people like Tammy trying to figure out a way to change this. What do you view as fueling this polarization? Because when I look at it, it is really vitriolic rhetoric. We just had the uh, front runner for the Republican Party call half of the country vermin, a, a uh, phrase that really echoes obviously authoritarians. You hear increasingly violent rhetoric coming from conservatives, a bit from Democrats and liberals, but it's scary talk. And to me, that seems to be fueling a lot of this. Well, so I'm not a Trump guy, haven't been, never voted for him, never will. Can't imagine in which universe that would happen. And so I'm, a, I'm one of a lot of disaffected Republicans I know um, that feel frustrated with it. But I think that's a, it's a complicated story. And part of it actually goes back to your business. It goes to the media. And if you look, it's, it's a funny story that when I worked in TV in Seattle, there was a guy who was a local producer named Randy Douthat. And Randy Douthat and I lost track of each other. It was pre-Facebook days, you know, Instagram things. I go to work in TV in Washington. Randy goes somewhere. I don't know where it is. And the week I get elected, I get a note from my press secretary. And she said, some guy named Randy Douthat called you. He wants you to be a crossfire. And it turned out Randy was the guy who founded Crossfire. So I did some shows, and for your viewers who aren't young enough, I mean, Crossfire was it, essentially it turned serious political news into sports radio. I mean, it was a show designed to have people scream at each other. And I tracked Randy down and basically said, I'm blaming you for turning television news into sports talk. And he said, you know, it's a fair criticism. But when we were on, when we were on um, Crossfire, we just used to argue. It's the First Amendment. We took all kinds of positions. He goes, now I look at local TV, and I don't know who's making crap up anymore. And then meanwhile, in 1994, some broken-down car somewhere, somewhere got sold on Craigslist. 
but it was the beginning of the end of the newspaper industry because a third of their revenue came from classified uh, revenue. And as that's happened now, we've created a newspaper desert. So we have a cable system that's very shrill that echoes where they have to go to hang on to viewers. And you have newspapers that in some ways are sort of driven by the same agenda. And so I think it's an echo chamber now, right? It sort of feeds on each other. So it's pro-Trump, it's anti-Trump, and it sort of speeds up and speeds up. So I think the political class deserves a lot of the blame, but I also think I have to take it back to the media, and it's largely driven, I think, by the economies. Well, ultimately, we we have politicians who, by virtue of a variety of functions, are going to be more polarized. Uh, I look at this in Wisconsin, and gerrymandering has a big impact on the kinds of politicians that we get when you crack and pack different districts. You're going to make the fight at the primary instead of the general election. We get politicians who are further and further apart. Do you see this as part of the problem? And in Wisconsin, We have one party who's really fighting to maintain this gerrymander and one party who is trying to change things. Without a doubt. And and that's a big part of it, is that there's no longer incentives in the system to be rewarded for cooperation. You know, for example, if you look, and I'll get back to redistricting in a minute, but, you know, Bill Clinton was elected largely with the railing of blue dogs who were conservative Democrats, largely more conservative on foreign policy, military issues, more conservative culturally in the 90s. The peak actually came when Barack Obama was president, when there were 70 self-described blue dogs. Last January, the remaining blue dogs gathered in a small conference room in the U.S. Capitol, and I emphasize the word small underline because now there are only 13 of them. And the fight was over what they should rename themselves. And one group wanted common sense voters because more of the leadership now were women and actually from Hawaii and New York and not from the South. And the other group wanted to split the blue dogs and they split in half. So the 13 moderate Democrats split in half completely. It's hard to find moderate Republicans that are now in the U.S. Congress. They largely have disappeared in New England, in the Midwest, and in Southern California, which traditionally was their base. When I was elected, people would go, whoa, a Republican in Madison. There also was a Republican in Ann Arbor and in in, in Iowa City. So it was a different time. So um, I think a lot of what's happened is the middles has shrunk on both sides. And you're correct that redistricting is a problem. But if we're going to be fair... It's also a huge problem in Illinois where the Democrats have done exactly the reverse. It's the same problem in California. It's the same problem in Ohio. As we move on later in the series in www.lostmiddle.com, we're actually going to look at reform proposals in the summer series. And that'll look at redistricting fights, independent commissions, final five, ranked voting, all of those to take a look at it. Because I think we have to look at ways to shake up the system. We've got to get back to a point where people are rewarded for getting things done. And the idiocy and the insanity of this is people think if you get 64% of what you want it, you've lost. No, that's not exactly what you want. You want collaboration between the parties. People don't like to talk about compromise because that sounds like you're giving stuff away. In what world can't we get a deal done on immigration? I mean, given the surge at the border, everybody agrees something to happen. There's no reason in the world to send the dreamers back home. The kids, you know, might have been in Mexico for three days before they got here. And so it's those sort of issues where I think the people in the center look and go, oh, my God, get stuff done. Yeah. Now, as this conversation would suggest, the podcast is very uh, both sides. But it's hard to look at the landscape of American politics in some ways and go, both sides are the same or both sides are equally 
at fault in some ways. And, and what I'm talking about here is we have one party, uh, the one that you belong to, that is actively trying to fight against the concept of democracy. Maybe not every Republican in every legislature, in every state house. But we have a group that attempted to overthrow the last election. We also have a front runner for the Republican Party who is saying he's going to punish political rivals. He wants to deport, I believe, millions of people. And then on the flip side of that, we have Democrats who, yes, are looking for, you know, greater regulations. I believe you mentioned more stringent regulations on gas stoves. How do you put these on the same plane? Do you put these two parties on the same plane? Yes, I do. Because I, I think if you look and ask the American public, 50 percent of them now want to vote for independent candidates for president. The fastest growing registration in the country in Nevada and New Hampshire are for independents. Young people over the, under the age of 30 don't like any of the political parties. So the question is, do I hold Trump responsible for part of what's going on in the country today? Absolutely. Do I think it's only a Republican problem? Absolutely not. All right. Well, Scott, thank you so much for joining us here on Lake Effect. Thanks. And thanks for the tough questions. Scott Klug is a former U.S. representative from Madison and the host of the podcast Lost in the Middle. You can find more interviews like this one by visiting wuwm.com slash lake effect. And while you're there, subscribe to the Lake Effect Spotlight podcast.